Welcome to We Are Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I shall be your host for today or this evening or the morning. Depends when you're listening, really. It's your podcast. You decide. Joining me today, um, he's officially going to be, I think he's a repeat offender now because he has been on, he has been on before. Um, yeah, yeah. He is the rather wonderful, the rather... Um, <laughs> Rather creative, the rather very, very, very busy man who's known as James Hudson from Druid City Games. So, hello, James. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm very good. Thanks for having me. So, you know, you allowed me to come back again. So that's, I don't know if that... If that's a benefit to me or a benefit to your listeners, I'm not really sure. We'll I think see. it's a benefit to both because I think, you know, <laughs> I was kind of looking down the list and was like saying, well, who have we had back on all the time? Well, John Gilmore's been back on, Jamie Stegmeyer's been back on, Edo's been back on again. So, I mean, it would have been absolutely rude if we didn't have, <laughs> if we didn't have you back. Because then it would have been the case that I would have met you in the corridor at work and you would have kind of like looked away from me. <laughs> right, I, right. Totally stiffing me by not asking me back on the podcast. But the reason, I mean, we're doing what we did last time, which was last time when we had you on to talk about the Grim Forest. It was after the campaign had finished and there was mm-hmm, a little bit mm-hmm. of a gap. And here we are again, Guardian's Call. It's been put, it's kind of been put to bed in the Kickstarter campaign sense yes. of the word. But obviously, you are now going to be working like a swan looking like you're gliding across the water but those legs underneath are going to be paddling <laughs> they're going to be paddling like crazy um let's talk about the campaign sure it was steady it was steady um mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was it, it it funded um what was your thoughts on it because you and you and you and Edo, what what were you thinking what <laughs> i'm just going to ask this <laughs> did you get together and go you know i'm sick of these 30 day kickstarter campaigns let's do something about different let's stretch out there let's see what happens how about you do you do 15 days was this a bet (laughs) we did we did 10 days days. yeah yeah so the idea there was with guardians you know it it didn't have the content of like grim forest and so grim forest we had we still had more stretch goals that we had dreamed up we could have put in if the campaign would have kept going but it hit a nice spot where it 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 needed to land Hmm. whereas guardians I had a very limited set of stretch goals. And so one of the things backers don't like is when you, if you run out of stretch goals, you know, you just lose a lot of momentum. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't, it didn't really make sense uh, to have a 30 day campaign when you only have say three to five real stretch goals. Yeah. Uh, The other part is, you know, it is a soul sucking, uh, barren wasteland (laughs) when you run a Kickstarter campaign, you are on your phone or computer 24 hours a day. It drains you completely. So the, it was very enticing to think, could we shorten up the campaign and fit it in a nice tight window? Mm. The other part of that is, you know, the faster we get it funded, and the faster we can work on it and, and make it. So if you cut two weeks off of it, that's two weeks I get to go to work faster. Uh, it, so there was a lot of really good reasons to go with a short campaign. Now with that said, and hindsight being 2020, um, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever do a 10 day campaign ever again. So <laughs> why is that? I mean, was it was what I would technically call, was it a bit kind of what we would call squeaky bum time because you funded, you funded, but you, you funded very, very close to kind of like the, the actual deadline. Was that a bit of a, 
was that adding a little bit of kind of anxiety? Were you comf- were you comfortably kind of confident you're definitely going to kind of fund, or was there a point you were like going, oh, this is um, you know, this is this is this is getting exciting, <laughs> but no, maybe. yeah, no, no, it you know, it definitely didn't it didn't respond the way that I. I anticipated the game too, but mm. I think that was more of the game type. So one of the things I learned uh, was that Kickstarter uh, backers really aren't into bluffing games, just like they're not really into dexterity games or party mm. games. They want meaty, dungeon-crawling, strategic, Euro-type games. That's the main crowd that's there. Yeah. So I think that had more to do with it than anything. The other the other piece there is, yeah, you know, it... No, I, we 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 were on pace. It seemed like the whole time, but I did I did really expect more out of the gate. Um, and you know, I heard from I heard from backers that they wanted to see Grim Forest delivered before we launched another product. And and this is something I would love to talk about because yeah, honestly, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and that, this isn't just because I have skin in the game, but think about it, like. Pizza Hut doesn't wait to make another pizza until the previous pizza is delivered. No. They can make multiple pizzas at the same time. Now, I do understand where backers are coming from in the fact that if people, like a lot of Kickstarter creators, it's a side job for them, right? It's a, it's a, they have their real job during the day and mm-hmm. they moonlight and make games at night. And so I can see where that would be the deal. I have four people on staff now and we make games full time. And I currently have anywhere from eight to twelve board game projects in various stages of development yeah. currently. So it would if I waited until I delivered a game to launch another game, I would only make maybe two games a year. Mm. And you can't really unless you're, you know, making Settler of Catan or Ticket to Ride, you can't really sustain a company off of that. Yeah. And it doesn't affect the the quality of a product like if, if we're making more than one thing, actually, I think it actually makes it better because I learned so much from all the different products. It bleeds over into the other projects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at say, um, Brad Talton at level 99, I mean, they seem to mm-hmm. be putting out campaigns on a very, very regular basis, but they've got it into the momentum place where they know exactly where they are in the campaign at any time. And they know exactly where they are with the production. They're able to keep kind of seven or eight balls in the air at once, kind of juggling away. So they kind of, working on that um i i don't know i think do you know the strange thing of a kickstarter is i think there's some people that a little bit of entitlement has maybe crept in in some cases and people are forgetting what the point of kickstarter was in the first place and Mm -hmm. the other side of it is as well as you know you funded that's the point sure that's you right. know, that is the main, you know, the, you funded, the whole thing was, here's my campaign, I'm going to run it over 10 days, and at the end of it, the game will be produced if we go ahead and fund. And I think sometimes in Kickstarter, there's almost like a thing of, if the game isn't funded within the three, the third or fourth day, people are starting to kind of worry about it. And I was like, I was yeah. like where, when did we get to that? You're right. When did, we, when did we get to that point? It's like a pleasant surprise. It's like I spoke to Richard Keane recently about Dinogenics, and his first game it kind of stalled in the, you know, the first time he ran it, it kind of stalled, you know, and people were going, well, this isn't, you know, well, that's it. It's not going to come back. He releases it like four four weeks later 
and it funds within the first kind of twelve or sixteen hours, and now it's sitting at double funding. And he's like, "I've fundamentally not changed the game. What's kind of what's going to happen?" And now it's seen as a storming success because it kind of funded within the first kind of you know twenty four hours itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's Richard. It's one of those things that um, you really. I've got this experience from say you have a barnyard roundup, which was our first game. Yeah. And you have Grim Forest, our second game, and Guardians Call, our third game. And it really comes down to you have to make something that people want. If you don't make a product and a game that people can genuinely be excited about, if you don't bring something new to the table, mechanic-wise, theme-wise, whatever, um, you know, people don't get excited about it. And if they aren't excited, they're not going to come off their wallet. to Because, I mean, this is a luxury hobby that we're in. Right. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. If you like, I want to spend my time doing something I enjoy and I'm really into. That's one of the reasons why I put so much effort into our art is I don't like playing ugly games. You know, some of these like Lagrangia, that's a great game, but it's ugly as hell. And I don't <laughs> want to play it just because exactly. it's ugly. Exactly. I mean, there's so many other strategic games I could play that aren't ugly. So I just choose not to play that particular game. People bring it out. I snarl my lip, not because of the gameplay. I just think it's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it's one of those things where that's that's on us as creators. And that's where I feel like I failed a little bit uh, in presenting Guardians uh, to the peop- to the right people. You know, I don't think – I think a lot of people, uh, they say the things like, I get this in playtesting a lot. I don't like bluffing games. No thanks. As soon as they yeah. hear the word bluffing. And then I'm like, hey, it takes two minutes to let me show you how to play the game. Just try one round. I need some feedback. If you still hate it, you know, that's fine. Just tell me. And everybody who tried Guardians Call said, well, that's not like any other bluffing game I've ever played. Mm. Oh, it's kind of like Sheriff of Nottingham, except way more strategic and way more thinky. I actually liked it. You know, I kept getting, uh, but there's no way to really convey that through a, you know, a web page. Well, it's a different set of rules, isn't it? I mean, if I am oh, yeah. saying to somebody, "Well, what is it you're doing?" Well, it's a, it's a, it is like a dungeon crawler game. What do I do? Well, I've got a, I got this amount of movement points. I've got this amount of attack points. I roll a couple of dice. I play this card, and this is what it does. So people will look at it. They can look at the facts and say, "Right, okay, I can try and make a decision on that." Bluffing games. Now, I've played um, John Gilmore's Vault Wars. That's yeah. a bluffing game. That's love a, it. That's a lovely. I really, really, really love that game. They mm-hmm. did um, Tricks and Heroes, another yep. bluffing game. Really, 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 really good fun game. But it's base. It's really difficult because if you look at the rules for both those games, it's kind of like it's. I can see where you're coming from because it is kind of like it's almost like you have to have the people there. The people will even add on whatever the more than what the mechanics and everything like that can bring. So I think there's almost a case of people will look at that and say, I need to look at the people that I'm going to be playing with yeah, and if that's going to I mean, kind of work as well, which is, a, I guess, it's a difficult thing to do. It is. It, you, a lot of people, I think, know their gaming group really well. And, mm. you know, if you know that your gaming group isn't going to enjoy a, t- a certain type of game, then you probably don't buy it and bring it to your gaming group because if you don't have anybody to play it with, it's useless. So it totally make, I totally get it. And I, we knew going into Guardian's Call that it was no grim farce in, 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 in type of numbers. Like I had people saying, would well, you think this one's going to do better than Grim?" And I'm like, absolutely, mm. absolutely not. Like, yeah. Yeah. no, not at all. Uh, I did expect it to do a little better than what it did. Uh, I expected to hit our miniature stretch goal. And um, we had one more set of stretch goals down the road that um, – 
we had dreamed up. But it turns out like it might be that I might still be partnering with other people and we might be able to pull some of that content in mm-hmm. in the future and expansions and things like that if people get out. Because I really think once people this hits and people start playing it, they're going to really have a lot of fun with it. And sometimes mm-hmm. we just need games that are fun. I, you know, yeah. I can do math brain burners and I can have big epic uh, campaign, uh, you know, ongoing dungeon crawls. But sometimes I just need something quick and easy and 40 minutes that I can sit down and play with my group and get a chuckle. Do you think that maybe people expected another Grim Forest? Maybe oh, that's for where sure. people took it by, by, by surprise. Because look at it this way, right? Um, I'm going to say, well, Simon, but then I'm going to say, well, that's rubbish because Simon did fire an ice, which was like a Milwaukee miniatures game that <laughs> sure. she's done. But the rest of the stuff has been consistently some kind of rules, models, big miniatures mm-hmm. kind of game. Mm-hmm. Was it maybe the expectation people were going into Guardians Call and going, yeah, it's the guys that did Grim Forest. It'll be just like, oh, it's not that. It's something completely kind of different. Do you think there was a little bit about that as well? Because the, But the message was really strong. I mean, I saw your publicity was out there saying, well, this is what it's about. This is what it was. Do you think there were some people that went in saying, this is another Grim Forest? And maybe when they didn't get that, they were like, oh, I'm going to hold back and see what kind of what happens with it. No, I just think it was the word bluffing. I think there's just it's a, it's a it's very polarizing. Either people really enjoy bluffing games or they don't. And yeah. I, again, I think it just really goes back to the market of audience that's on Kickstarter. They have certain types of games that they want. So, like our next game from Scott Caputo is called Sorcerer City, and right. it is a it is a tile laying tile builder. So, like take deck building and tile laying and mash them together. It's so much fun. I mean, it is going to be a huge hit because it's a new mechanic that's kind of, you know, hasn't been done a whole lot. And mm. it's just fun. Like when I played the prototype, like I, I begged him to let me have it. And then <laughs> I brought it back to my gaming group and I don't play many prototypes with my gaming group. I don't subject them to that. Yeah. But I was like, guys, you, we've got to play this. Like it's the only <laughs> thing I want to play. It's, it's just fun. Yes. I hope Scott lets me publish it. This was before we signed it. Yeah. And, but I was like, I just, we have to play this. <laughs> And I think not only my energy and excitement for the game will come through as we start showing it off, even in prototype form to everybody, yeah. but as we build it up, I think people are going to see, man, that looks like a lot of fun, and it's strategic. Mm-hmm. It, it checks a lot of boxes that people are going to say, eh, that's the kind of game that I'd like to have in my collection. Yeah. Yeah. But Guardians calls a success. It's getting made. I mean, it's oh, like... Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? It's one of these weird things. It's like, people are going, oh, you bet. No, it's like, no, it's getting made. It got funded. It's going to be happening. Why, you know, let's, this isn't a post-mortem. It's like, it's a case of, yes, it's happening, you know. Sure. Um, then we can get into the, I mean, we can get into the real industry side of things, right? And say, so I expect Guardians Call to do very well on retail because, yeah. again, it it's a bluffing game. It demos extremely well because once I show you how it works people get that organic reaction where they're smiling and they can't help themselves when they start giggling about like taking an offer from somebody. Uh, and then it, the, the high fantasy theme is just something that a lot of us wizards <laughs> really oh. enjoy, right? Like we, we like, and that's one of the reasons I picked that as I'm a Warcraft nerd. I like magic. I like mythical dragons and orcs and I love it. And so uh, we had a story in mind, and we had a lot more lore that we wanted to put into the game. And had it been more successful, we could have commissioned more art and things like that. We had uh, video stories for all the guardians and things like that. And we may still come circle back to those when we get into retail if people show interest in it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, part of the thing is being a creator 
is if you've got something that's kind of on you that you're inspired by, it's really hard to walk away from it. Uh, I think anyone listening to this that's created anything knows probably exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's really, really hard if the market doesn't respond to the thing that you've created. I mean, I, I walk with a lot of creators who have failed Kickstarter campaigns. And we can really nitpick the industry side and the, and the technical side of how they executed their campaigns. But at the end of the day, the thing that they have the hardest time doing is walking away from the thing that they were inspired to make and show the world. And, you know, uh, could I put a different theme on it and it done better? Maybe. Could we, you know, have tweaked it and made the mechanic a little different, made it more of an adventure card game instead of a bluffing card game? Maybe. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's, it's a bluffing game. It's a lot of fun. It looks yeah. damn good. And when people yeah. get it, I think they're going to be really, really pleased with the game that they got. Is it, um, is it strange being kind of full-time industry guy now? Yeah. Kind of really having weird. staff and stuff and getting <laughs> up in the morning and going, what am I going to do? I'm going to do my half-hour exercise. I'm going to do my jogging. Do, 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 do. I'm going to the office. What am I going to do? Give me the cardboard. Give me those white bits of paper. And now you've got <laughs> staff. And you've got responsibilities. And... You know, not that you didn't have responsibilities at all, but you've got like you know social media managers, and you've got people that are marketing and oh yeah, everything mm-hmm. like that. And is it is it kind of <clears throat> are you are you having to think? Well, now this is like you know we're doing this. This is all grown up stuff now, almost. It is, yeah, it is. You know, it is. is it is it kind of like uh, well, how I've now I'm running this business now. This is how I want to kind of run my business. Is it? Are you? Is it? Is it? Are you still? Are you still determined to stay involved in the gaming side of things? Can you see oh, yourself having to maybe kind of step back and say, "Well, I've actually got to look at running the company um, and getting more involved in the admin side of things," or are you just like, "No, hands on deck. Let's get some dice together. Let's get some cards together, and let's kind of see what happens." So I'll give you an example of how our day went today. We 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 met, got the team together. We worked on uh, four different projects. We helped with a client's marketing because we do some marketing stuff in the board gaming world with some clients. Mm-hmm. And, and then we, we shut everything down. And one of the games that we're working on with that we've signed with John Gilmore, I know you, men, you mentioned his name earlier, yeah. uh, we, we got the team and we played some, he'd made some changes to one of the player boards. So we played the game. And so I think our game playing does change because we just end up playing a lot of prototypes things that we're working on or things that we're considering but we still Mm. play a lot of games but i specifically still have my monday night game group that i go to where i just sit down and i turn all the druid city games crap off and i just play games and i'm just a gamer because that's what drew me into this was i love board games i mean i'm sitting right now in my office with about 1200 board games surrounding me because I just love board games, and uh, I still get with my son. He did yeah. give me a. I'll tell you, this hit me hard during the campaign because the, the say the two to three weeks leading up to a Kickstarter, and then any time during the Kickstarter is a black hole. You don't know where your time goes. Yeah. You don't know anything that's going on around you. Your family might be, you know, kids got soccer and stuff like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't remember any of it because it's a black hole of time. But uh, my son, who's uh, eight, came up to me one night. I was tucking him in, and he was like, Dad, uh, I really miss playing board games with you. And I was just like, oh, mm, dagger to the heart. <laughs> and I was like, don't worry, buddy. The campaign's over on Friday, and you know we'll get back to normal. So, yeah, it is way different because overall, um, there's a lot of pressure 
to, to make things happen. You know, if you, if you don't make something happen, then you don't eat, you know, you kill what you eat or eat what you yeah. kill, however that works. And so uh, the other part of that is I want to stay true to making products that are gamer. Like I, I don't want to ever make something just to make money. That's, I have no desire to make products in that fashion. Yeah. And so that's, again, I think that guardian's call proves that, right? Like I had a thing I could have, made changes to it or done things that I know would have air quoting right now. You guys can't see it, but <laughs> made it more marketable and more sellable. You could do but, close, close captions on that, but James, <laughs> James is air quoting. But you know, I wanted to make the thing that I wanted to make and I knew it wasn't going to be as big a seller as a grim forest, but I didn't care. Uh, yeah. And there's a section of the market that's going to look it, love it. And there'll be a section of retail buyers that get a hold of it and love it too. Uh, so, yeah, but then on the other side of it, if you said, right, we're going to do, um, Druid says he's going to do a miniatures game, people, some people would be going, oh, I thought you were doing different stuff and innovative stuff. I didn't realize you were going to be like a, you know, Simon kind of light doing something just to, you know, as you said, just to kind of make the money and get the kind of the, the people in. Um, but you've expanded kind of your, I mean, Druid said it's not just the full time stuff. I mean, Board Game Spotlight has gone from being. Something that kind of got started, I think it was maybe earlier this year, but earlier than that, to becoming kind of like a mainstay. It's become the, what is it you call it, the Care Bear board game place. <laughs> yeah, we're the Care Bears over there on the board game spotlight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, I, 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 I try to be as positive as I can all the time because our world is just, we're overly bombarded with negativity. Oh, yeah. And, you know, our hobby is something that we use to really kind of escape the troubles of our day, our workload, our troubles with our relationships, whatever those things are, and just play board games, right? Like, And so when I see groups that just have constant nanying and whining and negativity yeah. and trolling, I just was like, no, I want a group where we just talk about positive things. And you know what? It's really hard for some people because they the only way they know how to communicate is negatively. And we just tell those people that it's either – play nice the golden rule you know you either say something nice or don't say something at all so yeah <laughs> yep but it's it's thumper's mother <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right that's ex- no it's thumper's it was a f- no it wasn't it was thumper's dad that said that i think okay yeah i need to i'll need to double check that but yeah i haven't no, seen that in a while uh, i need to see that again i think i've got it on blu-ray somewhere and it's such a such a classic film but no you i mean there's a because you're the board game spotlight. You're also you're working with it. Is it Derek Funkhauser? Derek, yeah, Derek Funkhauser. He is our community uh, manager. Helps me with the the promotion because we have promotions that we do through the group. So another thing that I know is a highly sensitive subject, but we can probably touch on it and uh, my insider riot, and then we can come back and talk about it again. Hmm. But <laughs> it's paid promotions. Um, it takes a lot of time to play someone's prototype. Yes. To 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 play it, to tape it, to edit that tape. I tape. I'm showing my age. That video. Uh, I'm Derek, showing my age by understanding what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> For the millennials on here, the, it used to be in plastic encasing and tape actually rolled on wheels. Crazy. Um, Derek does a written review, which he has to play and do, and then we send people to Jimmy uh, Board Game Closet. And he does a podcast interview with them, and then we do live plays during the week. That's that's like 25 hours worth of work. Uh, and so 
But it's also a thing. I want to provide this to people who are trying to launch their Kickstarter. Like, I think a lot of people look at it as this like greedy, uh, oh, you're just trying to make money thing. Here's the thing. We're providing a service that is reliable to Kickstarter creators. And that is really hard with Barnyard. I sent out over 30 prototypes. Yeah. I had 12 that went into a, an abyss. I never heard from the people I sent them to. Mm-hmm. They didn't respond to my emails, uh, my carrier pigeons, nothing. And so that was just 12 prototypes that I completely lost. So on the, on the flip side is creators are able to pay for a service, know that they're going to get the assets that they need for their campaign. Because let's face it, if you don't have marketing promotion and uh, reviews for your game, yeah. uh, people aren't going to back your project. And I, I'm again, I'm air quoting reviews. We previewed the games. Okay. People calm down. We're previewing it. We're showing you how it works and you can decide like, I don't go to Rado or anybody's channel and hear them say, I love this game. You have to have it. I always watch what the game is. Well, what yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. You know, does it look like something I'm going to want? Because games and, and are, they're subjective. Like I, I screenshotted something today. I'm, it was, this is gratuitous. We're just, uh, no. <laughs> so there was a, a post in BGG that said, what do you guys think about bloody end? Question mark. Fun or just okay? Question mark. I found a $20 copy. Should I buy it or pass on it? So, you know, there's a bajillion comments cause it's the BGG Facebook page, right? Yeah. But there's a comment on, and I, on top of each other. One and two, two comments, right? Back, back, back. The, top, the first guy says, I was super bored by it. Huh. The second guy says, great game. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's what we get with games. They're subjective, and me and you can both look at the same piece of art or the same game. You can love it. I can hate it. Yeah, so I can't take anybody's opinion, their subjective opinion on a game. I have to look at it for myself. And that's So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to preview and show you as quickly and concisely as we possibly can. Uh, with those promotions. Hey, here's the game. Here's what's in it. Here's how it plays. Here's a few things that stuck out to us. Uh, you know, I let Derek go a little bit deeper into it. He, he, I let him do a little bit of pros and cons on his written review just yeah. because he's putting more of a critical eye to it. Whereas my video is just like, Hey, here's what it looks like. Here's how you play it. <laughs> and what's, I mean, what's going to, I mean, is this going to be something you're going to be expanding? I mean, cause obviously the games are one thing, but, are you noticing, I mean, this is obviously a gap in the market that you've noticed already. I mean, are there other things you're going to be rolling out? Is Druid City going to become more than just the cardboard that you put on the table? Is it going to be kind of more services and stuff like that as well? You know, I don't really know, Richard. It's one of those things where um, you're right. There, There is this gap in the market to be able to produce services for Kickstarter creators. And I think there's more room, but I really think the industry has got to grow overall. There needs to be more like, so there's so many things that happen, like say the video game industry that we don't have in this industry, but it's just because the money's not there. The dollars aren't there. Uh, Marketing Mm -hmm. budgets for companies aren't there to really roll out a huge cinematic trailer. Uh, I tell you who's done a great job. TMG with downfall did a fantastic job with their uh, trailer for that Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I saw some people that were upset about it because, you know what, just, you didn't tell me nothing about the damn game. All I saw was the theme, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like they're just trying to get you excited about their project, man. Uh, Calm down. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
you know, I think I think as the industry grows, there's there's going to be more opportunities for more cool stuff surrounding our games, and uh, I think the the convention growth that we are seeing, not only at Gen Con and Essen, but all the smaller ones that seem to be every other week, we have a good game convention that we should consider, especially as a company. Yeah, uh, I think our industry is growing by leaps and bounds, and I'm really looking forward to it. So to your to directly answer your question. I'm not sure I don't have anything on paper yet, but I'm always keeping my eye open for ways that our talents, it's a thing, take your talents. I tell this to everybody who's trying to get their, uh, I'm really good at air quoting today, air quoting, get their foot in the door in the industry. Like take what your talents are and see where there's a gap in the market and go fill that gap. So what I did two years ago was I, I saw that there was a lack of, you got the BGG group, you had the board game group, and then there was really a lot of just nothing else. And I felt like there was a place for a more welcoming and open and more positive group of, not to say that there's not, all those things don't happen in those other groups. I'm a part of both of those groups, and I love all those people. Uh, but yeah, so you got to find, take your talents, find a gap, go for it. And there you go. <laughs> I'm aware um, you've got a short window of time today. So, um, oh, yeah, well, don't know, we all? <laughs> I, I, well, you know, it's family time, which is always important. It's all very well, you know, making games and creating spaces and pressing together cardboard and coming up with ideas. If you don't, you know, you want, as you said yourself, sometimes it's about kicking it back and going back and playing a game of board games yeah, with the right. with, right. with the little ones as well. Um, and it's always a pleasure to have you on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's always a pleasure to interact with you, kind of online. You have, um, you become like a force of nature over the last. <laughs> last well, you, it just so happens that I really enjoy talking. So if you ask me to sit down and talk, then I'm pretty much going <laughs> to sign up for that. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. I heard rumors. <laughs> I heard. I heard John Gilmore started it. So you might. <laughs> you might I'm a professional it. talker, so. <laughs> Uh, there's a song behind that, um, <laughs> or a joke, or yeah, or both potentially. Um, if people want to keep um, keep an eye on where you are and what you're doing and what you're going to be up to, where can they find you on the interweb nets, Mister Hudson? So the easiest and the most insider information that you can typically get is going to be if you go to druidcitygames.com. We have a newsletter sign up. Okay. Uh, we only send something out, say, once a month just to kind of say, here's the state of affairs. And I won't lie, you do get a couple more around Kickstarters. So just be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, the like we mentioned before, the Board Game Spotlight group, that is my group. That is my baby. And I participate. I post there first before anything. So Facebook, Twitter, I do all those things. But uh, newsletter and Board Game Spotlight. Those are the main ones. What we'll do is we will we will take those links and we'll put them in our show notes so that we have um, we have notes to show. Awesome. Um, We are obviously going to drag James back on when the next campaign comes out because (laughs) because we can send the messages through Facebook now and hasn't blocked us yet. So we'll see how we'll see how long we'll see how long that. Man, sure, I would love to come on and talk a little bit before we uh, launch Sorcerer City because. I'm, I, I just really think the board game community is going to be really excited. You know, Scott Caputo, who just did uh, Whistle Stop, yeah. that it is 
tearing through the ranks of uh, highly ranked games. He's super talented. Uh, I've seen a lot of his other prototypes. He's he's got another game that I'm actually considering. He's he's doing it. He's going to be a really well known name soon, and he nailed it with Sorcerer City. So we're really excited about that one. So next time we'll make sure we get you on before the campaign instead of a couple of weeks after. Yeah, we can. <laughs> uh, we can do we're hoping that. to do. We're hoping to do this one sometime. Let's just say around February. So first of the year, we can chat again, and I get you guys up to speed on where that game's at. Sounds good. That sounds good. Okay, cool. Well, if you want to keep an eye on what we are up to, you can go to Google. You can search for We Are Not Wizards. You will find us on Facebook. You'll find us on Twitter. You will find us on YouTube under We Are Not Wizards Tabletop Podcast. Because we got over, we've got over a hundred subscribers on YouTube. I have no idea how that happens, but I am very <laughs> grateful, and I pray to the gods of the the red and white. Um, <laughs> if you. <laughs> If you like what you've heard this evening, um, jump over to Apple Podcasts and drop us a subscription. Drop on, Go into Facebook and jump into the Board Game Spotlight as well, because it is a nice, warm and lovely place. It's like it's like coming in from the rain and having somebody hand you a mug of cocoa and a nice, warm duvet. It's that kind of, it's that kind of warm place. We just if, talk about games, man. Absolutely. If you're on Apple Podcasts, if you want to leave us a review... Thank you very much for doing so. Remember, as we always say, don't give us 10 stars because that makes us big-headed. But don't give us one star because that will make us cry. Give us five because it's in the middle and it's average. And we are a little bit average. But the person who's not being average is, let's face it, he is the wonderful. He is the multi-talented Mr. James Hudson. Thank you very, very much for coming on. Again, Mr. Hudson, it's been a pleasure and a half. Thank you for having me. And there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not wizards. Definitely not wizards. Are we wizards, Mr. Hudson? Not today. Not no, yet. Not today. Still in training. Still. <laughs> Don't you dare become a wizard on me. And <laughs> the second thing is to say um, goodbye. So as I say, it is a goodbye from... From Mr. James Hudson, say goodbye. Mr. Until Hudson. next time. Until next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. That's <laughs> it. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe for all sexes. Um, as I say, um, yeah, jump on Druid City Games and see what they're doing. Um, jump on um, Board Game Spotlight and see what's happening with that. Go and um, say hello to Derek because he is... He's actually a wonderful, very friendly, very open and very happy man to chat to. And he does some good work in terms of his written stuff and everything like that. But until the next time, goodbye.